This is Formula SAE FastCast, the official podcast of the Formula SAE series. Hey guys, welcome to FastCast. I am Mike Sorg, the video podcaster around these events uh, here with uh, Formula SAE. We have with us Kaylee Zendel, program manager of Formula SAE. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. And of course, Ryan Good is with us, university programs coordinator of Formula SAE. Thanks for having us, Mike. Good to have you back after your first showing on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And there's something else new. Ryan's not the only new one. There is a third event just added this year, and uh, there's a lot of new new going on north of the border here. So, uh, so, so, what's going on with Formula SAE North? Yeah. So this actually started. um, This was obviously when we were planning our 2019 season. Um, You know the. Formula SAE North competition was not in our scope at the time. Um, but this past year in, in 2018, I did attend the competition. Um, you know, uh, Formula SAE uh, our, ourselves, we had in 2018, well, 2017 technically, but uh, we designed and developed our own energy meters for the electric class. And um, having uh, some of the volunteers from Formula North working with us um, just on the on-site volunteering types of roles um, got introduced to our energy meters. So they had actually asked if they could borrow them in 2018. So we, we did, um, you know, we did make that, um, uh, make that happen. And uh, as a result of that, both my EV tech league and I, uh, we did attend the Formula North competition in 2018 uh, just to help with any type of support and and just to see how the competition is run, uh, you know, as it was always our neighbor to the north. And um, while up there, um, you know, I I was uh, um, proposed about uh, taking over the leadership from the organization Formula North Inc. and uh, caught me off a little guard, but. I thought, you know, it's really not a bad idea, if, especially if they weren't going to be able to continue with the competition. Um, they get great attendance. And, um, you know, strategically for us, um, you know, it provided me another venue, especially in the 2019 season, if we were going to make it, if we were going to be able to make that happen, uh, another venue that electric teams could compete at. Because we had... Um, in the last two years, we've we've sold out of our electric class pretty quickly, um, partly because we only have a 30-team limit uh, just based on what we could handle at this moment. Um, but uh, so so I um, entertained the offer and, and worked with the, the board for Formula North. Um, actually, I've been working with them, really working with them, I'd say. We probably hit the ground running in July because uh, in May we still had a couple events to go through for the SA East um, series. And um, it started off a little slow, I think, but then it just like sped up real quick and it really came down to whether we were going to actually run the competition in 2019 or kind of hold off and wait for 2020. Um you know, and, and there were a number of reasons why we just went ahead with 2019. One, um, there was interest, you know, both from our side and, you know, we are lucky enough that we're still going to have a lot of the returning volunteers, event captains, and even the board members come and help us put this off, you know, or put this on in, in 2019. So um, they already had their dates secured. So it kind of worked in our favor to do it, you know, for us throwing the budget, things like that together, uh, 
was a little bit out of the box for us uh, that short time frame, but we were able to make it work. And so we threw it in, <laughs> threw it in using their dates, which unfortunately is going to probably make us a little crazy maybe because Formula SAE isn't the only event our staff attend. You know, Ryan will be going to um, a Baja competition in between Formula Michigan and Formula SAE North and then going to Formula SAE North where I'll be going to Formula SAE Michigan Formula SAE North, and then right on to another event um, literally that same week. Actually, Ryan is too, aren't you? Yeah. You're, you're going to be going to a Baja event. So it's it's going to be really kind of crazy for us. With this being new to us, um, you know, there's a lot kind of in limbo at this moment. Um, we're definitely working hard to retain the volunteers that they had, um, as well as bring on some new volunteers. Um, we're also, obviously, like I said, we we're good. They had their dates secured already for the venue. So we are for 2019 going to use the same venue. Um, but it may not look the same as what they have done previously. Uh, you know, one of the things that, um, I, I believe they always had a, a similar limit of 45. Um, but we sold out that limit of 45 this year and, actually have a pretty long waiting list and there is actually a little fear I think on my part that we're going to actually have all 45 teams on site and and we typically kind of plan for that 10-15% you know dropout rate and um, now with the wait list and things like that in reality we could have 45 teams which will stretch that venue I think to its max. Um, so, you know, doing what we kind of do best, we kind of always try to plan for the worst case scenario. So we kind of want to plan for that to have exactly 45 teams on site, which means maybe we're going to give and take some of what the luxuries teams had previously had. Though it was a really great idea. They, you know, previously teams were able to get both indoor and outdoor paddocks. Um, you know, this year for 2019, we may only see one location for paddocks, indoor or outdoors, and most likely going to be outdoors. And that will allow us to put some changes for the indoor facilities and moving more things indoor and then utilizing the parking spaces that we have that occupied their paddocks and occupied the brake test noise area and occupied their dynamic event areas probably can expand us, allow us to expand on those areas, using them more for, you know, the dynamic events, maybe endurance. We'll see more than two cars on track because the track has been able to be expanded. Um, these are just little things that obviously the SAE staff were thinking about. Um, you know, we've made since that um, 2018 event where this all got set in motion, we've made one trip up there to look at the venue um, we have a couple meetings coming up here with the returning event captains to kind of deep dive into, okay, why did you guys do this? And did you guys try this? Think about this. Why did you not want to do it? And what are your thoughts on us wanting to do this? Like maybe this different direction. Maybe we have some thoughts that they haven't had, you know, thought of before. Um, so, so we're, we're doing that, um, Ryan and I will actually be going back up again uh, in January. He'll be getting to see the venue actually for its first time. Um, and so we'll maybe come up with some additional changes, you know, based on the venue site that I've already just had. 
it'll be exciting for us to to do. I think one of the biggest changes um, maybe the students will see or let's rephrase that maybe they'd like to see is um, so in Formula Essay series uh, that we host both in Michigan and Lincoln, we've the past couple of years have been utilizing a mobile scoring website that provided live results on um you know online and tied to that was an app and like all these neat little features that we've just been implementing over the last couple of years and um because this is so last minute and we when did we open registration like mid october or something yeah mid october so registration had already been open and closed for the other formal events when we opened this um and as well as just all the other cds series that this date that we chose to keep, um, quite honestly, because there wasn't a better time to put the date in our schedule for all the CDS series, um, it overlaps with another competition that we are, um, that the CDS uh, staff at SAE manages called AutoDrive Challenge. So we share a vendor for the mobile scoring and a lot of the equipment. Um, so they will not be able to be at Formula North this year, which, um, you know, we kind of have to plan around for now. And and I know the organizers from Formula North, they they had their workaround systems, obviously, and so we'll be exploring that with them and, and what we can do, what maybe we can utilize that they used. Um, but in the future, we will definitely be seeing what we do at our other events in um, – at Formula SA North uh, moving forward. Um, but we will still be able to utilize the Formula SAE app. Um, you know, we've just incorporated a Formula SAE North on that app. So teams, when you download the app, you know, you do have to select your location. Uh, I think it automatically defaults to Michigan because that's the first uh, competition of the season. So you just have to, you know, scroll down for North or scroll down for Lincoln, you know, whatever event. Um, but we'll still be able to utilize that. So, you know, similar to what Ryan said with in our previous podcast on what's new, uh, we probably won't have a student handbook for this event. But we're going to try to do some of the same other things that we typically do. We will still have an event guide that team members will get to have. We will still have the giveaway Trotsky that SAE does. All our documents will be under series resources. Yeah. So the processes go the same. The teams now have the access to FSC online. So all their rules questions go through there, all the document submissions, building the cost report, all that consistently flows now with the the rest of the Formula SAE series. You know, we will be, I mentioned, we will be soliciting new volunteers as well as trying to maintain and the the returning volunteers. Um, but Martha Tress and Victoria Hewing, who are our corporate salespeople, they're already working hard at getting, you know, additional sponsors on site, new sponsors. We have reached out to the sponsors who have been supporting in the past, and it's we've actually been getting great, great responses with the sponsors wanting to return. So that's good news, you know, but uh, I think one of the good things about SAE taking over the Formula North competition under our umbrella is, um, you know, we'll be able to expand this competition in the future. Um, you know, Ryan and I are already talking about how we're going to grow it, when we're going to grow it, what does that growth mean for SAE, for the students. And 
you know, a new venue site is probably going to be for sure one of those items. So we're looking forward to that. That'll be interesting to <laughs> start working on. I think it's going to be one of those trial and error years for us for sure. With Formula SAEs, you know, being managed by SE International, you know, in, in Michigan and Lincoln, um, you know, there are some high standards that we as staff have. I think there are definitely high standards, expectations from the students. Um, so I just, I guess, want to warn the students that though we will do our best to put those, especially the SAE standards that we have, and try to accommodate for many of the expectations we believe they have of us, there are going to be some areas where we're not going to be able to do that right off the bat. Um, that first one being the scoring stuff. We don't know where we lie with the scoring yet. But SAE will still have, at least for endurance, we will still utilize the um, A and B system. So if the teams have their own transponders, they're fine. Otherwise, we will have transponders on site that we can um, use where the the scoring, um, where we're currently investigating, I will say, on how to proceed with scoring of other dynamic events or the acceleration skid pad and autocross where we where we use timing lights um, that SAE currently does not own. That is some of the equipment that we get through our vendors. Obviously, the different look, um, it'll be branded this year with Formula SAE North. I think there will be comfort, hopefully, for the students because they'll see some of the same returning volunteers. Uh, I know I'm looking forward to working with them. Uh, the way I look at it, they're the experts of this competition at the moment um, that we'll be working with as far as, you know, leaning on them maybe a little bit um, by trying to make changes at the same time. <laughs> Any considerations for uh, new teams that would be maybe interested in this because it's now a, a Formula SAE event uh, for going to a different country in Canada uh, because uh, many of the events have been in the States and probably a lot of teams have not had to cross over like a lot of our friends that do visit from other uh, countries already. Actually, um, so Formula, when the competition was run as Formula North, they actually had a great um, attendance from teams from the United States. Mm -hmm. um, they probably always had at least a dozen or more universities in addition to, obviously, for many of the Canadian schools, it's their home turf. It's very easy for them to get there. Um, so, I mean, internationally, like truly internationally, I would say, like uh, off of the North American continent, I, I don't know if we'll see much increase um, with that just because, uh, you know, the logistics of transporting a vehicle and all that kind of stuff starts to play, uh, come into play, especially when that vehicle may be used at an international competition that, um, you know, there are... I can't even remember how many competitions that there are. Um, so here in the United States slash North American continent, we now have three official Formula SAE competitions between uh, Michigan, Lincoln, and now North. Um, and we're branded as Formula SAE. Uh, over in the UK and, and much of Europe, its uh, competition is very similar, same rule sets for the most part, but it's just branded as Formula Student. So there are so many competitions over there now that um, literally there's one like almost every other, <laughs> every other week. So depending on if those students, when they're looking to compete there internationally, 
it really does affect when they come to our competitions, I think. So, because it's a large body of water they have to cover so to get here. Um, but as far as the U.S. teams, I think we'll see... Um, actually, I think we have seen an increase of number of teams actually registered or at least registered and on the wait list to go to Formula SAE North. And uh, one of the things, you know, now that SAE International is managing the competition, uh, one of the things we want to look into is working with the Canadian uh, Border Service Agency and trying to get some sort of agreement and letter that our students, our volunteers, and even sponsors can you know, cross the border, carrying their equipment, their giveaways, their vehicles, try to get some kind of documentation that would maybe help them with ease getting across um, customs. Haven't had to experience it myself, obviously, but um, in talking to some of the teams and talking to some of the volunteers, it seems to be maybe hit or miss with who gets affected. So it was actually a suggestion from one of the volunteers who's been helping um, previously in, in Canada, but also is um, highly involved in our Michigan competition. So I thought it was a great comp- or great suggestion. So we're definitely going to look into that um, because we are seeing an increase of interest, both from volunteers and sponsors of coming into to Canada. And, you know, everyone, all of our sponsors love to give away stuff. So, you know, crossing the border, they want to see if you're coming across with stuff, what are you bringing back <laughs> of what you're bringing across, you know, and they don't want you selling it and things like that. So this documentation will help with that. So that's um, maybe uh, some expectation on the teams to be looking for, you know, for the student teams specifically who from the U.S. and Canada that are either registered or on the wait list. I know, I know we got some emails, um, with some unhappy teams cause, um, you know, it is their backyard specifically and they weren't able to get registered. Um, so a little bit about the registration process and, you know, how we ran that this year, how we chose to run it. Um, was it a perfect system? Probably not. But when this competition decided to actually happen for us, one of my specific philosophies of this competition, of managing these competitions, is we operate these so students have the ability to have this hands-on experience. I'm not so much worried from, you know, the program manager side of if a team gets to go to one, two, or sorry, two or three competitions. I care more about the teams getting to go to one competition at least. And we've had, you know, with Formula Michigan, Formula SA Michigan sells out, 120 spots. I think this year sold out in less than 10 minutes. You know, and we do get international um, teams coming over for that event specifically. And then Formula SAE Lincoln currently is 80 teams gasoline, 30 teams electric, and it is split up with registration and electric sold out in one minute for 30 teams. And then we had 24 teams on the wait list. And then we put that restriction in between Michigan and Lincoln to allow for all the teams, um, you know, who maybe are still trying to work on the design, the budget, know-how, all those type of things to get time to register. And, you know, we had, I want to say it was like, what, 46 or 64, I can't really quite remember the number sequence, um, the first day registered. And then before that one-month restriction opened, I think we had, what, like 72 on the list or something like that, 70 72, somewhere around there. We had very little, I mean, 
10 max where teams are duplicating between Michigan and Lincoln. But um, we kind of thought, you know, long and hard about how to do the Formula North registration. Um, you know, and my options were either open it wide open, anybody gets to register, or maybe allow teams that are on the electric wait list for um, Lincoln Electric uh, to kind of get a heads up and reg or not a heads up, um, but like because they're not registered for any competition. So technically it worked for the gasoline teams too, I guess. Um, any team who was on a wait list that wasn't already confirmed in another competition, which benefited honestly most of the electric teams, um, allow them to register. There's only one week left of this restriction anyway. So it allowed teams who weren't registered and confirmed for a competition to register first. And so I think we got but like 18 electric teams and I think one or two gasoline teams before that one week restriction opened. And, uh, and, and this year we actually, because North came so late, we decided to exercise something that, you know, 2020's competition for gasoline and electric will see where we will no longer have the two separate registrations for like Formula Lincoln and Formula Electric. It's just going to be one lo one registration, one location, one registration, and teams will have to select the class. And we did that with North this year, honestly, because we thought it was a perfect trial, trial and error type of you know process for us. And um, we did run into a few hiccups. <laughs> yep. Yep. So uh, Ryan had to deal with most of those, and uh, I, I don't know. I think you got them all. Uh, you handled that process, so I can't really speak to that process, but. Yeah, we did run into a few as we were going through it, and I believe next year, uh, with the changes that we're going to be making, as Kaylee mentioned, uh, making Formula Lincoln and Formula Electric under one registration spot is going to help a lot of our teams. We did that with Formula North. I do know a few teams that were uh, Formula SAE Electric accidentally registered under Formula SAE Lincoln, and by the time the uh, correction was made, uh, the, as Kaylee said, you had one minute to make that uh, correction, so... I do know some of those teams end up on the wait list. So we are taking in these uh, issues that we are running into and we're going to make corrections for next year uh, to make it a lot simpler for all of our teams. Well, looking forward to see how uh, Formula North, Formula SAE North goes this uh, year. And uh, it's kind of cool to see this uh, expanding. I will be definitely open um, to hearing from any any teams who have uh, attended, You know, whether it was the 2018 year or 2017. You know, um, I think this is maybe where I was going to before I went off on my little tangent. I tend to do that from time to time. Uh, for teams who find them themselves on the, the wait list, uh, don't freak out just yet. I mean, the competition's new. Um, I'm not 100% sure how things were managed um, previously, but um, if you compete in Formula SA series, you know that we're very strict on our document deadlines, things like that. So... The registration list will definitely be changing in the coming months, whether, um, you know, teams have unfortunate incidents at the university where either something budget-wise happens, university space happens, vehicle happens, you know, that unfortunately um, causes them to withdraw. We hate to see those situations, but they unfortunately happen. But then there's also the other unfortunate, um, you know, issues where teams just, you know, either whether it's a blatant disregard for the document deadline or they, you know, just 
lack of testing, whatever the reason is, um, they missed the deadline, initial deadline, and then they missed the additional 10 days deadline. Um, even with our couple reminders of some, you know, submit your document, submit your document, um, that if you don't get that final deadline, don't, don't, um, meet that final deadline, we do cancel you. So, um, you know, we have a lot of teams on wait list that, um, you know, want to compete. And, um, so we do try to make that, uh, make that happen for those that are on that list and say, if you never get to uh, register, we are always in need of experienced students come in and work in the event. We're happy to have volunteers for that. And just the feedback. I would love to hear maybe if you hear as we're planning things, as we're announcing things, um, you know, pay attention to your emails. Ryan sends out monthly newsletters. We also post on the news feed. We post on the app. We post on social media. Um, you know, as you start seeing some of this communication coming out and, um, you know, you have questions about things or you want to point out something that, hey, maybe myself having not been to the competition much, I mean, I did view it this past year in 2018, um, but I didn't work it. And maybe there's a volunteer that's not coming back that worked a specific area and he's not, he or she is not there to give us that feedback that as a student you saw have feedback. I would love to hear that actually. So, I mean, the competitions are here for you as the students. So, you know, whatever feedback you can give us to help it make it better. Obviously, if it's within our reason and our ability to do it, you know, we do do that. Um, if you attended um, one of our Formula Michigan or Lincoln competitions, at the end of every competition is a post-event survey. So, um, you know, definitely take the time to fill that out. We do read them. We try to pick out at least three pretty consistent issues that we try to work on to fix for the coming year. Um, I mean, we can't fix everything, but we definitely try to at least fix the three highest consistent, you know, feedback issues. So well, looking forward to it. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Ryan. Yep, thank you. And you guys, uh, we'll see you guys uh, coming up. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and all the lines of communication that Ryan's putting out there <laughs> for formula SAE. So you don't miss anything going in to the events we'll see you guys next time thanks for listening to formula sae fastcast as always we want to hear from you so email us at formula sae at sae.org the show notes for this episode can be found at www.fsaeonline.com stay safe and we'll catch you next episode